And welcome into another great edition of Strong Style. That is our Impact Media Weekly Pro Wrestling MMA and Combat Sports Show. I am Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome in. All sorts of things to get into today. Happy All Saints Day. No, that's not a nod to the football franchise in New Orleans. Happy All Saints Day. This is a day we are to remember and to celebrate those that uh, came before us. Those that came before us. So, Happy All Saints Day. And thank you to all those who came before us that uh, paved the way for the path we take now. In a way, thanks to the legends, whether in a uh, wrestling ring or a steel cage or an octagon, a boxing ring, or in everyday life. Happy All Saints Day, everybody. As always, tons and tons to get into. The PFL, the UFC all had uh, big events, So, and uh, Bellator has one coming up that we will talk about very, very shortly. But, as always, let's start with the WWE. And let's start with Monday Night Raw, where this time last week, because as we record, they are currently on. Not on the television, though. I don't... You guys know how it is. I won't watch this week's stuff until uh, I do this show. But start off with Big E coming down to celebrate being the champion. He is interrupted by Seth Rollins who was interrupted by Rey Mysterio, who was interrupted by Finn Balor, who was interrupted by Kevin Owens. And we know from last, uh, the last SmackDown episode that we've, or two SmackDowns ago, that Adam Pearce might be on television for a little bit, thanks to Brock Lesnar. So Sonya Deville comes out, says, I'm going to solve this. The four of you are going to have a match. The winner is the contender for Big E's title. There we go. We got our main event. And in fact, it's a ladder number one contenders match. That's going to be fun. Now, that should tell you, though, but you look and all four of them are are pretty good at ladder matches. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, There was uh, another contenders match, a triple threat, where the Street Profits, the Dirty Dogs, that would be Dolph Ziggler and... Robert Roode, they took uh, Street Profits versus the Dirty Dogs versus the Alpha Academy. The Dirty Dogs win. So, later in Raw, they are going to get the opportunity to take on RK Bro for the championship. Championships. Seems easy enough. Seems like for once it is not as muddy or not as cloudy on Raw. Imagine that. Uh, Queen Zelina. Zelina Vega come out. Her and Dewdrop had what is just a rematch from the finals of the tournament. Not real sure what it was supposed to do because it was as fast as the pay-per-view match was. If not faster. Didn't do anything. It it just got their appearances in. and And things start to get cloudy. 
Uh, Becky Lynch came out. She's interrupted by Bianca Belair. Kind of knew that was going to, they're going to have that little exchange there. That seems like that's the first real feud that Becky Lynch is going to have on Raw. As it carries over from, you know, Becky returning and, and taking the belt. You know, is what it is. We had Damian Priest defend his U.S. title against T-Bar. Ended up being a DQ when T-Bar fought for uh, excessive force and not really letting up when he was supposed to. And and, uh, I believe he used a chair at some point, which is weird because T-Bar, a.k.a. Donovan Dijak, sure you guys remember him, is a fantastic wrestler, and he knows Priest well. They were both in Ring of Honor together for a good t- a good while. And uh, he didn't need to resort to that. It was, a, it was a pretty good match, pretty solid match already. I just I want to see, now that they've put Mace on SmackDown, they've left T-Bar on Raw. I thought they should have kept him as a team, even though they didn't do much with him. It just seems like uh, they're going to get left in no man's land again. But uh, Priest retains. Maybe that means there will be another match between those two at some point. Liv Morgan took on Carmella. These two have like a little mini feud going. But at the same time, we don't really know where it's going. Like we know... Carmella's doing the thing with the mask about uh, not getting hit in the face. Liv Morgan is is just, she's finally stopped treading water. She's finally above the surface. But, I don't know, Carmella's in a weird gray area and Liv Morgan's out on an island. It's kind of crazy. You know, that being said, this was a solid match. These two are really good. Carmella ends up with the victory there, but once again, for what? It really didn't mean much. Bearcat Lee, which is what I will continue to call him, Keith Lee otherwise to most of you guys, Bearcat Lee had a match versus Cedric Alexander. Cedric did pretty good, but they're trying to really showcase Bearcat Lee. I'm not sure why they're calling him that. They're trying to really showcase him as a a big, bruiser, physical performer, and that he is. He very much is. Uh, He, of course, gets the victory in this one. Uh, At least it wasn't a squash match. I'll give him that. Beyond that, the two of them performed well. At least it wasn't a squash. Dominic Mysterio took on Austin Theory and. I guess this was just to see if these two had some decent chemistry. Because uh, beyond that, it it didn't serve a lot of purpose. Theory already has wins over Jeff Hardy and, and others since coming to Raw. So getting to face Dominic Mysterio... I don't know. Maybe it's just you wanted a good, solid match. Not every match has to mean something. In this case, 
He really didn't, except for boosting Austin Theory a little bit. RK Bro defended their titles against the Dirty Dogs. Pretty decent match. Uh, here it is. You had a triple threat match. The Dirty Dogs win. They get to take on RK Bro, and then RK Bro proceeds to just run through them. Just seems like a big colossal waste of of our time. When you could have just had RK Bro come out and show you that they still had the titles, would have saved a lot of headache and wear and tear on these guys. Don't know. At some point, somebody's gonna beat RK Bro. The problem is they beat every team there is. So who's gonna beat them? And then we had our main event, number one contenders ladder match. It was good. It wasn't over-the-top pay-per-view-ish. I'm very glad it was not. But you had Rey Mysterio versus Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. The winner gets to face Big E for the championship. Now, obviously, I could make a case for uh, practically all four to win this. But in the end, after some great spots... um, Kevin Owens seemed to be the one to take a lot of the big spots. I don't know if it's because he was the bigger competitor, but my goodness, he took some shots uh, through ladders and things like that. And uh, goodness. But in the end, Seth Rollins finds a way to the top. He is the number one contender. I'm a big Seth Rollins fan. You guys know that. Really like what he he did, the the Edge program. I think it helped Edge, and it helped boost Seth as well. Seth versus Big E is interesting. And that's what they want. They want interesting. But you have the big power guy, and you have the maniacal technician in Seth. I could make a case that Big E should not lose this. But I could also make a case that, well... Seth's not a bad person to drop a title to. But I just don't think that Big E is quite done with the things he has done. He he needs to do and should do the run he should get. Uh, the problem is if you beat Seth now, he can resurface later. And then people just recall the fact that he lost the first time. But that's something for the Raw writers to figure out. They don't ask my opinion. They don't ask your opinion. They just ask us to tune in. And at the level they're at right now, I'll continue to do that. SmackDown, we had Charlotte, Sasha, and Shotzi Blackheart actually have a little altercation. That turned into Shotzi versus Charlotte, which Charlotte just tried to big dog her. Shotzi's a really good performer. She's one that I didn't know much about. Saw her in NXT, started to follow her. They teamed her with um, Ember Moon. And then they teamed her with Tegan Knox and brought her up to SmackDown. They've now split those. But uh, Shotzi showed there's promise. And uh, down the road, once she establishes herself a little more, that uh, Shotzi's going to be a pretty solid performer. And, and somebody they can uh, do some do some really good things going forward with. But... Charlotte gets this one, as she should. Uh, Sasha was down there. She kind of made her presence known as well. Uh, We all know Charlotte, Sasha, is the first feud of the SmackDown Women's Division, right? Moving on. 
Drew McIntyre took on Mustafa Ali. Ali's in no man's land. He, he's not paired with Mansoor. He's not facing Mansoor. He's not with uh, he's not with the group he was with. He's just kind of there. He had a pretty good match with Drew, but Drew needed a match to get back on top since he lost at the pay-per-view. So, uh, Drew gets the win there. I said, here's another one, another type of match that it's just there to make it's just there to make Drew look good. Ali helps do that, and it gets Ali's appearance in and everything like that. Because, folks, I don't know if you guys know this, they are paid, performers are based on appearances, so many appearances a year. So, in order to get appearances in and the way they qualify, hey, sometimes you got to have squash matches. And this was not really a squash match. Drew does a good job of, of uh, letting the other guy get some stuff in, so... It seemed to work. And uh, like I said, made Drew look good. We had a new day in the Usos. Kind of get into it. It's going to lead to a match later. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Boy, if you don't, if you haven't tuned in to see Rick Boogs, you've got to do that. That guy is very high energy. Very, very awesome to have him with Shinsuke. Uh, they took on Madcap Moss and uh, Lucky Corbin. And Moss actually got the win over Boogs. I thought that was kind of interesting. But they're trying to build up Moss and Corbin a little bit. So, you know, you do what you can. Uh, it was a good tag match. Moss and Corbin are actually a good, solid team, and Shinsuke and Boogs really play off each other well. So it kind of worked out. It was a pretty good match. Remember, we tuned into wrestling for entertainment. This was entertaining. Uh, that led to Shayna versus Naomi, and Shayna Baszler versus Naomi. Uh, Sonya Deville came out, and she was the referee. That should tell you this, this thing between her and Naomi is interesting, like I said, because you kind of have the uh, the corporate person versus the person that they're they're putting into bad situations. So it's it's interesting to see the way they are doing it this way. Uh, Shayna, of course, gets the win as the Queen of Spades should, and that led to our main event of the New Day versus the Usos. Now the Usos are the tag team champions. On SmackDown. This was a good solid match, but if you get down if you get down to who is the better wrestlers, it's the new day. Who is the better overall team? It's the Usos. Well, the better wrestlers won today in this match. So somewhere down the road we're gonna see King Xavier Woods. I think he knighted. Kofi Kingston, so Sir Kofi Kingston. I guess we're going to get those those two against uh, Jimmy and Jade, the Usos, for the titles. Hey, that's that's a feud that I'm, I'm glad they're putting together. Let us do NXT, which was Halloween Havoc. 
the old WCW pay-per-view. They like to put that on NXT now. A lot of, uh, well, a lot of Halloween-themed matches and, and things, and, you know, costumes, fun things like that. It started off with the Stairway to Hell ladder match for the Women's Tag Team Championships, where the champions, Io Shirai and Zoe Stark, one of the weirdest put-together teams I've ever seen, but they keep winning. They took on J.C. Jane and Gigi. I forgot Gigi's last name, but they are from... Gosh, what is the name? Them and Mandy Rose. The Attraction? It's not Fatal Attraction. It's The Attraction, I think. But uh, they're the, the, the two other members of Mandy Rose of that. And Indy Hartwell and her friend Persia. That she's known for a while. Um, pretty good match. For, you know, up until this point, I had only seen... Hey, did you not get my text? So, as I was saying... The only people in this match that I have seen in a ladder match of any kind is Io Shirai, who took a crazy fall of this match. Uh, I think she's okay. She seems to check out okay. She finished the match. But, wow. These six women put on a show. There were some really good spots. It wasn't just a spot fest. It was actually telling a story. Ended up telling a bigger story later on in the night. But overall, your new tag team champions in the women's division, JC Dane and Gigi. Still can't remember Gigi's name. But either way, they're your new champs. That's going to be fun. We're going to get to the other part of their story here in a minute. Because up next was Joe Gacy versus Malik Blade. Joe Gacy continuing uh, to to go with his his new style and attitude. And uh, him and Malik Blade had a pretty good match. Joe Gacy could be fun going forward if they push this storyline the right way. Then we get to part two of the story I was just telling you about. Where... Mandy Rose took on Raquel Gonzalez in a Halloween-themed no-DQ match of some kind. It involved a lot of weapons and things um, for the women's title. And in the end, there was somebody in a, you know, in a dark shroud in a... Gosh, what do you call it? Um, Grim Reaper type outfit who just waffled, waffled Raquel Gonzalez with a shovel in the back. And that led to Mandy Rose uh, using her finisher and picking up the win and being the new women's champion in NXT. They did a bunch of title changes. 
So now the attraction has the tag titles and the women's title. Be fun to see where that goes starting tomorrow night as far as that. But of course that left the question. Who was the hooded person in the death costume who waffled? Because if I say shoveled, that brings up a whole new weird visual. No, waffled. Just waffled Raquel Gonzalez with the shovel. From the time that person was starting to get up on the apron to reveal themselves, I said it very loud. It uh, it got a lot of the people here kind of uh, startled a little bit, but I knew who it was, and now you guys know who it is. It was Dakota Kai, the returning Dakota Kai, because Raquel Gonzalez versus Dakota Kai, we have not seen the end of that feud. We're going to see it pretty soon. This one's going to go. The two former friends going at it. I'm a big Dakota Kai fan. It's good to see her back on television and healed up. Her and Raquel are going to put on a really good show because sometimes some of the best feuds involve friends. Uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams and the occasional Andre Chase went through Dexter Loomis's house. Kind of a, a haunted house type deal the way it, it ended up going where they eventually ran into Dexter Loomis and Johnny Gargano who kind of potatoed them a few times. They went back and forth and then they eventually uh, got Carmelo's North American Championship and took off. But uh, it seems like Gargano has embraced his Dexter uh, partnership and uh, that could be fun going forward. They don't need to be tag champs. I mean, if they are, that's cool. They don't need to do much more than just have each other's back and rely on each other a little bit. It's kind of nice. Especially two of the more popular wrestlers in NXT right now. Uh, We had a moment with Grayson Waller and L.A. Knight having the same, I think, Dracula costume on. It was interrupted by Solo Sokoa, who made his debut. Solo dropped him. I think he mainly hit Grayson, if I remember correctly, with uh, a lot of his moves and stuff. But the debuting solo, Sokoa, he's going to be fun. He seems a lot like Karrion Cross in the, he's more of the mixed martial arts striker. And uh, maybe eventually get into sub- submission t- type stuff. But I think solo Sokoa is going to be doing some pretty cool things. He made his debut there. And then... The title changes were not done. The main event, and it should have been the main event, MSK came in with the titles, and Imperium left with them. It was a Lumberjack-O-Lantern match. It was a Lumberjack match. At some point, all the Lumberjacks ran to the back because they just all started fighting each other, which, once again, they all got in their appearances. They all got to be on the pay-per-view. I think you get a little bit of a bump in that in your pay, so that's always nice. But either way, uh, Imperium, your new tag team champions. I think it was time to move move them off of MSK. MSK is really good, but they came out of nowhere. 
you you had them win a tournament at being the brand new team. Let's see the more established team have it for a little bit. And Imperium, I think they waited long enough. It's good to have them uh, back with titles around their waist. Let's move to AEW. AEW Dynamite opened up with CM Punk versus Bobby Fish. This is like video game heaven. Because normally you would have to create one or the other in a game so that you could have them face off. Well, now they face off against each other. There was a little bit of a rift last week between Bobby Fish not uh, not just going to the back after a win and CM Punk come to, to save the day. CM Punk gets a win, but this match was really, really good. The matches we've been able to see involving Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, Bobby Fish, these matches we've never gotten to see before. Or if we did so long ago, we don't remember them. Because a lot of these guys were all in Ring of Honor together. Back before we really could see Ring of Honor regularly. But like I said, CM Punk with the win. He's continuing to just just, uh, pile up wins. It'd be interesting to see who he actually gets into his first feud with. I think right now they're they're just kind of moving things around. So at some point we'll see who he gets into. Uh, Malachi Black made an appearance uh, during all this. Didn't mean anything yet. MJF took on a guy named Bryce Donovan. It took me longer to say Bryce Donovan's name the first time than it did for MJF to dispose of him. It's just you needed to get MJF out there and make sure the ring rust wasn't there. Uh, Bryce got to be on TV. Good for him. Uh, we see Britt Baker and crew in the back. They are dressed up as zombies, schools, something. This is a nice touch. I mean, right around Halloween. Sammy Guevara took on Ethan Page for the uh, TNT Championship. Sammy retains. Scorpio Sky come down. The Inner Circle come down. At some point, the Inner Circle are going to take on Sky, Ethan, probably Junior Dos Santos. It looks like somebody else, but I don't know who else. They said it was a four-on-four. Just interesting to see where it goes. And Ethan Page is a solid mechanic worker, and Sammy Guevara is not only one of the building blocks of Cornerstone, but he is at the top of his game right now. He is absolutely fantastic in the ring, and you should be watching it. Uh, the Lucha Brothers are uh, really mad at FTR, so uh, they made their big statements and everything. It's it's going to be a really good feud. I think they are feuding in Mexico and here, which is kind of interesting. It's involving two different sets of belts. Uh, we had another tournament match where Karu Shida took on Serena Deeb. Shida gets the win, making her 50th total victory in AEW. Plus, she moves on in the tournament. Uh, in the end, Serena Deep slapped on a few holds and wouldn't let go. And uh, it's just kind of her way of saying this isn't over, I think. Uh, but Sheeta versus Deep is a fantastic matchup. FTR had their own comments about everything going forward. And some appearances coming up here soon. It looks like Vicky Guerrero is going to be taking over managing duties. Uh, I think mainly in the Mexico part of this feud with FTR and the Lucha Brothers, but it's just kind of interesting that Tully Blanchard is not going to be there. 
could be travel issues, could be visa issues, could be health issues, could be, I don't know, they just wanted to use Victor Guerrero in Mexico, where the Guerrero name is king. We had Cody and Andrade and Malachi and Pac, or in Pac. I'll get into the uh, into a little altercation there. That could lead to uh, a tag match going forward. Um, Pac and, Co- and Cody versus Andrade and Malachi. That would be main event quality. And, of course, Pac is kind of out in nowhere, no man's land because the Lucha Brothers are feuding with FTR, so the trio that they have there, the Death Triangle, well, Oxyono would not really do anything, so if he gets in the middle of this, that'd make a lot of sense. Then we had the main event, where Dark Order, which was Colt Cabana, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and John Silver, took on the elite of Kenny Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, and Adam Cole. This was fun. A lot of people say that Dark Order are not on par, not on the up and up with the Elite. If you saw this match, I would disagree. Dark Order acts like a well-oiled machine, even though the Elite have been together for many years, too. In the end, John Silver gets the win over one of the Young Bucks. And the Elite take over and drop everybody, and they are... uh, there's people in costumes that are out there with them, and they think they think that they are dropping one of the Dark Order members, particularly Hangman Page, when in turn they are actually dropping, uh, they did the four-way knee strike to Brandon Cutler, and there was a giant inflatable Marshmallow Man costume. At which point, Hangman takes off the head of that, and turns out that is him. He is able to uh, do some damage in there as well, and it was a great way to end their kind of Halloween edition show. That led us to AEW Rampage, where Brian Danielson took on Eddie Kingston in a tournament semifinal match. Brian Danielson gets the win in this, but uh, Eddie Kingston, man, he, he was the star. He was the star of this match, and what he has done in the past year in ring-wise is amazing. And it's because he's getting the opportunity to do that. And in getting the opportunity, he's thriving, absolutely thriving. Like I said, Danielson gets the win in that one. He moves on to the finals. And he will face the winner of Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley, which will happen this Wednesday. And I believe their upcoming pay-per-view is when the finals of that tournament would be. Now, uh, the other match on Rampage. This is something uh, I was I was asking my dad if he has been able to catch AEW recently. Uh, he says he says he hasn't, but I said, well, but uh, this was on Friday, I believe, and I said, well, Rampage is going to be on. You should try to catch that. I said they always have three high quality matches, 
and uh, not as many interviews and such. They just have an hour, so they give you three really good matches. Well, he was able to watch it, and he said even himself he liked he liked the Danielson Kingston. He liked uh, Matt Sidell versus Dante Martin. This is the trilogy match here. Matt Sidell is is good against anybody. Dante Martin could be the new Matt Sidell in a couple years. Uh, Martin actually gets the win in this. He's got Leo Rush out there for who knows what reason. But Dante Martin, why his brother is still injured, has been doing a great solo run job. Uh, like I said, him and Matt Seidel just absolutely just kill it every time they're in the ring together. And uh, like I said, Martin gets the win. And then that that led us to, for the women's championship, Abaddon taking on Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, in a no DQ. They told a really solid story early on. The match was was pretty decent, still going pretty decent halfway in, and then it fell apart in the end. Uh, There was a spot with a table where they threw each other multiple times into a table, and it just didn't break. I had flashbacks to my old wrestling trainer in a table match where he got thrown into it seven or eight times. (laughs) And it still didn't. Still didn't break. But uh, in the end, Dr. Britt Baker gets the win. And uh, we move on. It was just the whole Abaddon thing. And now we move on to Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling doing some uh, super solid things themselves. Uh, You know, as we talked about last week, I very much enjoy that uh, Moose is the champ. After the pay-per-view, I, I very much enjoy that. Um, so he came out, and he was interrupted by Eddie Edwards, and then Josh Alexander, and then Josh Alexander was interrupted by Suzuki, who is now coming over from New Japan. Suzuki, man, he he will stretch you out. He will do some big-time things. He is a brutal guy. It's going to be fun if we can get Josh Alexander and Suzuki together. Oh, my goodness. Let's get at it. Then we get the new X Division champ, Trey Miguel, defending against Rocky Romero. Rocky Romero is a, uh, I call him an indie darling. He has made a name everywhere he went. He uh, is just a super, super solid performer. And uh, him and Trey Miguel really tore it up here. I really enjoyed watching Rocky again. Uh, if you don't know who Rocky Romero is, go ahead and Google him. Look up some of his matches. They're really good. But uh, Trey Miguel gets the win in that one. Then he gets attacked by Steve Macklin. It looks like that's uh, the feud going forward. And uh, that's that's going to be a fun one. That's definitely going to be a fun one there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tasha Steeles took on Rachel Ellering. Rachel got the win in that one. I don't, I don't know if there's going to be a tag feud or something else on top of this, but for right now, 
Uh, this was just a solid match between two really good females in their knockouts division. And uh, it was good to see Rachel get the win. Uh, Heath took on uh, Joe Doring from Violet by Design. It looks like that feud is not over as well. It just ends up in melees. We're going to see another match somewhere down the road, I think. Eventually, it's going to be, you know, Heath versus uh, Eric Young, I believe, is going to be the, the final chapter of that one. Uh, we saw the demon. Saw the demon. I'm pretty sure that's Dale Torborg. Used to be a uh, professional wrestler. He also used to be a hitting coach with the White Sox back when they won the championship, oddly enough. Uh, him and Johnny Swinger kind of got into it in the back. It was just kind of a Halloween night, I believe. Uh, good to see both of them back on television. Led us to the sub-main event. Well, not really main event. Sub-main event. Uh, Mickey James come out with her new knockouts title. She was interrupted by Madison Rain and Caleb with a K. Okay. No, looks like uh, she took out the that. Uh, I'm not sure where Tennille Dashwood is currently, the partner of Rain. But uh, looks like Madison Rain is going to challenge Mickey uh, out of the gate. I really thought Deanna Perazzo may be some sort of repeat. Uh, you know, get her title rematch, but I guess they're going to push that down the road. Maybe they're going to give Deanna some time off. She's carried this division for over a year. And then we get Ace Austin versus uh, Saban, Chris Saban. Uh, this is a really good match. It's Ace, in a way, is like what Saban was a couple years ago, even though I would still say Saban is better. Uh, Saban doing the right thing here, though, and Ace goes over. Fantastic, uh, fantastic into Impact Wrestling. They're really starting to book quality matches that people want to see, and it's it's worth watching. They've had the roster. Now they're starting to book it the right way, I believe. Ring of Honor. We told you what's going on with the Ring of Honor. They are going to do uh, their TV tapings in there all the way up to their pay-per-view final battle uh, early December. And then they're going to take a uh, break until April. So uh, up until up until final battle, we've had some TV tapings. Violence Unlimited and the Foundation. I've had a feud going for a long time. It kind of came to a head on this week's episode as we get Tony Deppin, who took on Rhett Titus. Homicide come in and help uh, Tony Deppin win that one, but uh, Rhett Titus was doing a fantastic job. His getting to showcase his wrestling ability has just been exceptional this year, and uh, I'm glad uh, he's in a spot where we can really see what he's up to and what he can really do. Um, Chris Dickinson and Brody King took on Tracy Williams and Jonathan Gresham. Of course, Homicide and Jay Lethal had a little bit to do with this as well, but uh, Dickinson gets the win over Tracy Williams. So that's 2-0 and for Violence Unlimited over the foundation at this point. That led to Lethal versus Homicide, and Lethal said, hey, we're already in the ring. I'm already mad at you guys. Let's just do this now. There was a couple botched couple botched uh, fork incidents. Homicide likes to stab people with forks. And uh, when those kind of went awry, the match kind of fell apart. But in the end, Lethal gets the win kind of saves grace for the foundation and uh, gets their win going forward. Now, 
as they go up into final battle, we'll talk more about that as, as the card materializes. But it seems like to me they're just going to showcase their, their great talent and uh, show you what makes Ring of Honor uh, so unique and has made for so long. So many great stars from across other organizations came through or got their start in Ring of Honor and really honed their craft. And uh, I, I don't think they're going out. I just uh, I think they're going to do a reset is, is uh, what I'm thinking. Let's talk about let's talk about let's talk about the PFL. Now the PFL had a slew of championship matches where you win a million dollars, you win a belt. Uh, it's 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 really great how they culminate their seasons uh let me tell you about some of the bigger matchups there were three to me that were just great uh antonio carlos jr took on uh martin hamlet in the lightweight division antonio carlos jr with the rear naked choke it was a thing of beauty congratulations to him on being the lightweight champion And uh, it was it was a really quality fight. Now let's go ahead and talk about Kayla Harrison. I don't think this was the biggest fight. I think it's the second biggest. Kayla Harrison, the first back to back women's lightweight champion. She's won a million dollars and a belt two years in a row uh, by, while going undefeated. She took on Taylor Guardardo, who did a pretty good job. But in round number two, when Kayla put an armbar on, it was over quick because uh, uh, Taylor is not dumb. It's uh, it's tap or snap time, and you do not want to snap an arm. So she tapped out. Uh, don't blame her. That's a business decision. But Kayla Harrison, now the question remains, do you keep do you keep winning a million dollars every year in the PFL? It's just, hey, not a bad living. And, uh, and, and uh, hoping they get in other competition or as we've said before, do you go to Bellator and fight Cyborg eventually? You can't do it out of the gate. You could, but it wouldn't make a lot of sense. In the same way, uh, she could go to UFC and fight former teammate Amanda Nunes. Honestly, I don't see a problem in her staying in PFL. I don't know why more fighters. I got to, you know, Josh the Punk Thompson said this on his paper. I mean, on his uh, podcast this week with uh, Big John McCarthy. Uh, weighing in, I believe, is the name of that podcast. But he said, he goes, I don't know why more people don't, uh, more bigger fighters don't go there and try to just get the million dollars every year because that's a heck of a payday. I mean, even if you make 100000 per fight, you got to win three or four fights. And then you're in the final and a chance at a million dollars. And I got to agree. It's, it's a good payday. But uh, congratulations to Kayla on that. I don't know what she's going to do. She, the world is, is at her fingertips. She's enjoying being recruited right now. So we'll see where that goes. Now, the biggest fight to me was Magomed, Magomed Karamov, who took on Ray Cooper the third. Ray Cooper, the defending champion in the welterweight division. Well, he's also 
a back-to-back champion as Ray Cooper the third gets the knockout in round number three over Magomed Magomed Karamov. Uh, Magomed Karamov had the advantage for a long time. He was really rocking Ray a good majority of the time. And then Ray in the third round just just really come alive, caught him with caught him with one piece, finished it off with the two pieces in the biscuit, drank the soda while Magomed was coming coming uh, to his senses there. Uh, great win. Magomed Magomed Karov is no slouch whatsoever. Ray Cooper Jr. or Ray Cooper the third. Maybe he stays in PFL. He's another one that uh, he, he could jump and he could do some pretty fun things going forward. But I guess we'll have to see. Uh, PFL overall, solid season. I enjoy the points format. It's different. It makes sense once you figure it out, uh, the way they kind of do some things. But uh, you really do get some really good fights in the end, and I look forward to next season. Now, in the UFC, my goodness, did the UFC have uh did the UFC just have unbelievable cards especially especially when uh when when it's one of their actual pay-per-views and this one here, I believe, UFC 267, was on, it was actually on ESPN+. Plus. So if you were able to uh, to access that, you kind of got a free pay-per-view, which was uh, pretty fantastic. Uh, here are some bigger fights. I'm only going to talk about, about the top seven or so. Um, Alexander Volkov with a unanimous decision over Marcin Tabura in the heavyweight division. Volkov just, Tabura had no, no, just no real counter to what Volkov was doing. He just marched him down. Uh, the Russian really is on his game right now. Islam Makachev is going to go to 21-1-0 as he beat Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker at times just looked like he didn't have a plan. Like Yuri had a plan, and then he abandoned the plan. And it just, uh, you can't do that against Islam, who is one of the best up-and-coming fighters. And you can't say up-and-coming much longer because he is going to be in some uh, big-time fights very, very soon. But he had the submission win over Dan Hooker uh, in round number one. Hooker will rebound. He needs a little bit better plan. He's got all the tools. It just looked like the game plan wasn't there. Uh, Peter Yan defended his bantamweight title against Corey Sanhagen. Unanimous decision there. Sanhagen, don't hang your head, man. Get him next time. Uh, you you had a, uh, a fantastic go of it there. You just come up a little short. Uh, Amanda Ribas, I think it's Hebas actually, with a big win over Verna Jandaroba. Unanimous decision there. I told you Amanda was going to come ready to fight, and uh, she did. Magomed Arkaleev did the unanimous decision win over Volkan Ozdemir, lightweight division. Magomed, man, he's 16-1. Look out for that guy, too. These Dagestani fighters are taking over. 
And uh, Hamjat Chemaev beat Li Zhengli by submission. Hamzat is uh, is 10-0-0 still in the welterweight division, and he's another one that uh, you can only keep him down for so long. He's about to have some amazingly huge fights. Now, of course, that led us to Glover Teixeira, Glover Teixeira versus uh, uh, Jan Bohovich for the light heavyweight title. How about the 42-year-old Glover Teixeira? Round number two. By submission, rear naked choke. He is the new light heavyweight champion. I think that is just insanely awesome. Fantastic for for uh, for uh, him for sure. Coming up this week, you know, PFL's done. Uh, Bellator has one. We'll talk about it in a second. UFC 268. This one, uh, is, is ESPN News, ESPN Plus, and then it's on pay-per-view. We're going to get Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington 2. That's going to be just an insane fight. Um, I think Colby has a chance in this one. I really think Colby has a chance. Uh, we also are going to have Justin Gaethje versus, uh, Michael Chandler. That one's going to be really good. Both those guys are looking to uh, stay on top of the lightweight division. Going to have Shane Burgos versus Billy Quarantillo. Frankie Edgar and Marlon Vera in the Bantamweight division. Uh, let's see, as we go on down, Edmund Shabazian is going to take on Nazarene, or Nazardine Imavov. I swear I'm missing a big one. Where is, not seeing it, where is the co-main event? Can somebody get the co-main event for me? Soon. Because, hey, Usman and Covington, too, is already going to be outstanding. Well, that's crazy. As soon as I click on the app to get it up, to get this thing on myself, it actually starts asking me if, uh, oh, Usman, Covington, too. Imagine that. Uh, Oh, how, how did I miss this? You're going to get Kamaru Usman defending the welterweight belt against Colby Covington. Usman is really, really good. I'm just going to be the contrarian and just say, give me Colby in that one, because nobody else is going to pick Colby, so I'll pick Colby. Colby, I got you, bud. Um, And then the co-main event for the women's strawweight title. My goodness, this could be fight of the night. Zhang Wei Li trying to recapture the title against Rose Namajunas. Give me Rose. Give me Thug Rose. Thug Rose is gonna is gonna uh, really take that one, and uh, it's it's gonna be really really great. Now we got Bellator two seventy coming up this weekend as well. Just go over the main card real quickly. Daniel Weichel is gonna take on Pedro Carvalho. 
I believe I took Pedro Carvalho in this one. This one's going to be really good in the featherweight division. Uh, Bellator has put together some just outstanding matches uh, as of late as well. Uh, in the middleweight feature fight, you got Charlie Ward versus Norbert Novigny Jr. I think I took Charlie Ward in this one. I think I took the Irish guy. This Bellator card is in Dublin, Ireland, is where this one is taking place. Uh, it's it's going to be fantastic. You guys know how to find Bellator. Um, you're going to get, in the co-main event, James Gallagher versus Apache Mix in the bantamweight co-main event. I uh, believe I took James Gallagher on that one. Uh, no, I took Patchy. I think Patchy's going to win this one. He's going to be one of the, the lone non-European guys to uh, to take this. And then in the main event, we're going to get Peter Queeley versus Patricky Pitbull. I think this is the second time they faced. I think the last time they faced, there was a gash that got open on Pitbull's head. It was a legal strike. Uh, Patricky's brother, Patricio, got a little upset about it. But it is what it is. It was a clean hit. Uh, and I think this is for the lightweight world title. I think Peter Queeley is going to take that. I absolutely think he is. Uh, news and notes real quick. News and notes real quick. Or AA news and note. Mike Perry. That Mike Perry has signed with Bare Knuckle FC. Wish him all the best in that. He's trying to rebound his career. He had kind of a rough go of it there for a minute. Couldn't uh, couldn't put the wins together like he needed to. But uh, I think Bare Knuckle is, is a way we're going to really see the real Mike Perry. It's going to be uh, fun to see him over there. And once again, like I said, happy All Saints Day. Happy All Saints Day. We honor those that came before us. But I'm Jeremy the Impact York. Thanks for tuning in to another great edition of Strong Style. We'll see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses. Go watch fighting. <laughs>